In a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries, one group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Jason Kao. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka, John Reed. Bo Warmbold. Each week, they feature one movie that reminds us why we fell in love with these films in the first place. This year, we travel back in time to 1984 and 85. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. All right, we ready? I am prepared. Okay. I've been ready since first call. <clears throat> there. Mm-hmm. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, anyway. I know. No. That's one of our December ones. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> they're making a new Pee Wee movie? I know. I heard That's that. going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Large March freaked me out back then. It I probably mm-hmm. freaked Hey, me let's save it for mm-hmm. December, buddy. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Large March was freaky. Her face looked like this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Joaquin <laughs> 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 Phoenix and signs when the, all of a sudden the aliens look like. <laughs> 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 Pretty much. Uh, all right. That'll be coming up in December. Well, today I have with me Jeff. Hi. And Pat. Hello. And Dennis. 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 Okay, well, Dennis runs late for everything, so Dennis is not here yet, but I'm sure he will step in at some point. He'll step in something at some point. I'm I'm sure he will. He's a big guy. All right, so we are looking at the movie Cocoon. Uh, It came out June 21st, 1985, rated PG-13. How did I get in this cocoon? You're doing the Austin Powers... In a nutshell thing? I am. Okay, Except so we'll talk, we'll talk about Cocoon in a nutshell here in a second. Oh, well, I'm a Cocoon in a, a nutshell. It's kind of a, a paradox. It's a very well-protected being inside of the Cocoon, inside of the nutshell. Embrace it. Directed by Ron Howard. Aw, oh, shucks. Um, he OP. did Willow. What's that? OP. OP. Uh, he did Willow, Apollo 13, Ransom, Beautiful Mind, and Rush. You enjoy that movie, Pat. Uh, produced by so David Burton. Nothing, Br- nothing big. No, not not big movies at all. Yeah, um, they'll make it. I know. You know, I feel sorry for him. So, produced by David Brown and a bunch of other people. David Brown also produced Jaws and A Few Good Men. Written by Tom Benedek. Uh, he wrote The Adventures of Pinocchio and Zeus and Roxanne. Uh, it was also written by David Saperstein, who also did Cocoon 2. Music by James Horner. This guy has done everything. Everything yeah. under the sun. Rest the like soul. It, if you can't get John Williams, you right. You can get James. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Right. Uh, James Horner, who did die in June of this year, I believe. Um, he did, among many many other things, Star Trek Two, Star Trek Three. That's probably what I remember him from. It's like all the Star Trek movies. But Star Trek Two, Star Trek Two or Thu, <laughs> a combination of two and three. Star Trek Two, Star Trek Three, Commando, Aliens, Willow, Braveheart, and everything else. Apollo 13, right. Uh, the budget for this movie... What's that? Field of Sil- Dreams? Hmm. Did he do Field of Dreams? I think Sylvester think- did Field of Dreams. I don't think it was Sylvester. Okay. You okay. keep talking. I'm going to go look that yeah, up. Go look that one up. Let I'll us Google one. that for you. 
Um, one of the many services we provide here on the 30-something movie podcast. We will Google information for you after the fact. Uh, the budget for this one was $17.5 million. The box office was $76 million. So it made a little bit of coin. Starring Don Amici as Art Selwyn. He was in the 1939 version of The Three Musketeers, Trading Spaces, and Harry and the Hendersons. Field of Dreams, James Horner. Was James Horner Field of Dreams? Nice. There it is. Wilford Brimley as Mr. Diabetes. Uh, ben Luckett. He was in The Waltons, The Thing, and Ewoks Battle for Endor. <laughs> Did I just cause you to to lose it a little bit? Mr. Diabetes? <laughs> yeah. You know, the di- diabetes and diabetes testing supplies. I, You know, other than Cocoon, that's really all I know him from, and that makes me a horrible, horrible movie fan. What about uh, The Thing? Yeah, but that was a long time ago. What, has he, do- what has he done for me recently? Uh, wasn't he in that TV show with the- Our House? Wasn't that it? No, I didn't watch that. No, whatever. Okay. Anyway, go back to your notes. All right. Hume Cronin, as Joe Finley, was in Batteries Not Included and a movie called Shadow of Doubt. Brian Dennehy as Walter, who's Rambo First Blood, FX, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Jack Gifford was Bernie Lefkowitz. He was in a movie called Save the Tiger and Catch-22. Steve Gutenberg as Jack Bonner, Three Men and a Baby, Police Academy, Short Circuit. Maureen Stapleton as Mary Luckett in Lonely Hearts, Airport, and Reds. Jessica Tandy as Alma Finley was in The Birds, Driving Miss Daisy, and Fried Green Tomatoes. Gwen Verdon as Bess McCarthy was in Damn Yankees. Herta Ware as Rosie Lefkowitz was in Golden Girls, ER, and Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, Tani Welch as Kitty was in a movie called I Shot Andy Warhol, among a few others. Barrett Oliver uh, as David was a never-ending story, and Daryl. Linda Harrison as Susan, David's mother, in Planet of the Apes. Clint Howard, Ron Howard's brother, as John Dexter. He was in Frost Nixon, Austin Powers, and That Thing You Do. Well, he's usually in everything that Ron Howard directs. Pretty much. Clint Howard will show up somewhere. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave this one an 80%, and the audience gave it a 60%. My summary for this one is that aliens return after 10,000 years to pick up the comrades they left behind. When they store them in a pool, the elderly drain their life like geriatric vampires. No, that's a movie I'd like that to see. Be, wow, all right, there it is. That would be, you know, that's Cocoon 3. <laughs> cocoon versus... Was there a Cocoon There was a Cocoon 2. Yeah. When we get to 88, we, we're not doing that one. When we get to 88, you're going to see some serious... You're going to see some serious... <laughs> when this podcast gets to 1988. All right, so this movie won two Oscars for Best Supporting Actor by Don Amici and Best Visual Effects, Ken Ralston, Ralph McQuarrie, Scott Farrar, and David Berry. Uh, Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy were actually married during this movie. Um, that was Joe and Alma Finley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Coast Guard boat chase scene is nearly identical to the music from Star Trek II when Spock is in the engine room fixing the warp drive. Um, did not really notice that until I read it somewhere, and then I watched it this time, and it is nearly identical. Uh, Ron Howard and James Horner's first movie together was Cocoon, and later they would work on Willow, Apollo 13, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and A Beautiful Mind. Tani Welch is the daughter of Raquel Welch, who was in the movie One Million Years B.C., which is an awesome movie. Uh, originally planned to leave out the scene of Brimley's discussion with David while fishing, when he's explaining to the boy that he and his grandmother are going to be going somewhere, and they won't be coming back. Um, they were going to have that scene have no dialogue and just show the two of them fishing, which I think would have been a huge mistake, but we'll get to that. I, I was just looking up characters. What was the supposed ending again? Uh, it wasn't the ending, but they were going to leave out the scene between um, 
uh, Ben Luckett, the kind of the main guy, Wilfred Brimley, they were going to leave it out between him and the boy when they're fishing, and he's talking about how, you know, Grandma and I were going to go away somewhere. Okay, they were going to leave will, that out. They were going to leave out the, the dialogue. They were and just going to show him standing there fishing. Standing yeah. there fishing and not talking and about not any of the talking, which I think would have been a huge mistake. That would have been weird. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I've got here is much of what made the movie successful, the personal touches kind of given to the elderly characters, um, you know, like the fleshing out of their backstory, things like that, was not something in the original script. And actually Ron Howard had to be convinced by both his wife and Wilford Brimley um, to do that, to let some of the awesome actors that are in this movie ad-lib some parts and kind of fill in some of that backstory. So um, that was stuff that was not necessarily in the movie originally, but got added later on. From the farthest corner of a distant galaxy and the deepest feelings of the human soul comes a fantasy to fill your heart. I feel tremendous. I'm ready to take all the world. It is everything you've dreamed of. It is nothing you expect. Oh, I can keep a secret. I won't tell anybody. It's hard to know who to trust. It is the mystery of an awesome secret. It is the miracle of everlasting life. We'll never be sick. We won't get any older and we won't ever die. Beyond the innocence of youth and the wisdom of age lies the wonder of Cocoon. The 20th Century Fox presents... From the producers of Jaws and the director of Splash, Cocoon. The writer, teacher, Pulitzer, and Nobel Prize winner Pearl S. Buck once said, I do not believe in a child world. It is a fantasy world. I believe the child should be taught from the very first the whole world is his world, that adult and child should share one world, that all generations are needed. So Cocoon is a movie that spans several generations, all in one movie. Does it work? Is this a movie that both adults and children you think would enjoy? You saw it as a child. I only saw it this weekend. Okay. So you go first. I, I, so I, I remember watching this movie when I was a kid and watching it multiple times when I was a kid. When I watched it this week to prepare for the podcast, I hadn't seen it in quite a while. And I kept thinking, what fascinated me when I was a kid about this movie? Because it certainly doesn't fascinate me to the same extent now. Um, I like the idea of trying to incorporate the generations into a story of some kind. I just don't think that this story was developed enough to, in any respect, to appeal to any one group of people, let alone multiple groups of people. I think that it was just, the movie was very disjointed in its storytelling. It, it kept introducing little subplots here and there, but nothing really came of any of it and then by the time you know you get to that ending point where you have 30 geriatrics deciding ah screw this I'm going to go live forever somewhere so willingly walking away and this is what Pat and I were talking about I don't want to steal ideas from Pat but so willingly walking away from their families 
So much so that the the little boy, Wilfred Brimley's grandson in the movie, throws himself overboard as a distraction so the geriatrics can get away. And they're so and and he's happy to leave his grandson floating in the ocean. I, you know, I, now as an adult, I look at him going, "What the hell was going on here?" I don't. Again, I don't know what fascinated me so much when I was a kid that I remember watching this movie multiple times. I don't necessarily know that I'd go back and be like, "Oh, this is the one that you know, you got to see this. This is a a, a good example of anything." I'm not sure what it's a good example of. That being said, the performances in the movie I think are great. I love Jessica Tandy and, and Hume Cronin, and just in everything. There was a great, I think it was on PBS, uh, a play they did called The Gin Game. Brilliant performances in this play, the two of them. The, you know, I, you know, great talent from. When you look at the cast, you're like, oh, this, these are some heavy hitters from old Hollywood. Um, so their performances are good, but the story that's being told, I don't think, is. I don't know who it's supposed to appeal to. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I can't speak for the young and old, but that was your question, right? Mm-hmm. Does it appeal to you? I, yeah. I, I just, I remember, I never saw it as a kid, and I mean, maybe I'm jaded, because I don't think really that much has changed, but when I would like to go see the movies, I like to see a little bit of action. Just a little bit. Um, I like. I want to see some sort of a chase scene or an adventure. Or so, I, I, that's kind of why I like to go see movies. And not that much has really changed from when I was a kid. So I, I don't know. I mean, and so I, I could see maybe going as a family movie. Like, hey, let's go see this as a family because this is going to be a, a heartwarming, fun story and 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 all that. So I guess I could see it. There really wasn't anything, you know, super questionable in it. I think you're right, or Jeff's right. I think that the the performances were really. I mean, they they were some you know great actors and actresses in the thing, and it was really fun watching them act. And I think they they really it didn't feel like you were watching people act. I, I, if that makes sense, I mean, it was really uh, you know it, it was. It, I think they were very much in character, so that brought me in um, and, and got me hooked in. I thought there were a lot of plot threads going off of what Jeff was saying, and this is kind of the discussion we started, there were a lot of plot threads that I guess I would have liked to have seen explored a little bit more. Um, and I can only go as an adult, because I only recently, you know, I only saw it this week, but the one where um, Jessica Tandy's husband, was that like the one that decided that one night they all went out on the town after they were all rejuvenated, and he says, I'm just going to stay out, and mm-hmm. we'll meet you back later, and she got really upset at that mm-hmm. point, and the friends got really upset, and it was like, ugh. <clears throat> And then, he, I, I, and then I thought I maybe fell asleep and missed something. But he kind of went out, and then he was, was he hanging out with other women, or mm-hmm. or was it implied, or what? Anyways, I, I think it was. I mean, I think it was kind of implied, but it, it, that's right. And so it was. It was. But I mean, like, they went to the club, and right. And that got me thinking, like, oh, well, now this is an interesting thing. Okay, so back in the day, he played around. Maybe he wasn't very faithful to his wife. Maybe, maybe and then maybe they never really resolved those issues. They just got older. And the issues quieted down. Now they're feeling younger again, so the issues are right back front and center. Huh. But then that was it. There was really nothing more of that scene that really needed to be worked out. Then the sci-fi part of me was, kid, you know, that I would have, if I would have seen this movie as a kid, I would have been watching and said, okay, well, how are the pods rejuvenating them? 
how did the old people take away all the power of the pods? That was never really explained. And then why didn't why wasn't there some sort of a warning like okay only three because the aliens saw them swimming in the pool and like you know we're okay with it and they became friends with the aliens and it was all good and but then everybody showed up and then that was bad but they never really connected well, but the it was there, there was there was a conversation between uh, Dennehy and okay. uh, Wilford Brimley mm-hmm. that he kind of he reluctantly allowed them to. Come use the pool, right? Okay. And Wilford Brimley's character said something like, "You know, we're not, you know, we're not going to tell anyone about this. We just like swimming in this pool. We like how we feel from swimming in this pool." Right. So I think it, the understanding was supposed to be that it was just the three. Okay. So okay. then he was like, he, "All right," because that we, was the the one kind of like one of the funny quotes from the movie. Is he's like, "Well, you know, every ten or eleven thousand years, I make a mistake, but yeah, sure, go ahead, you can." All right. You can, so, so it was kind of a oh shucks, sure, go ahead. You right. you guys aren't causing any trouble, and and I and I'm just saying mm-hmm. I, I could think back if I saw this movie when I was 11 or 12 or 13, that would have been my thought was like like how how does the power thing work? How come more people ran the power? Like I would have just wanted that. Like I would have geeked out and wanted the sci-fi part more explained. I did find it funny that as they became younger. That was like parallel to you, you know, the whole thing. Like, don't throw a party when mom and dad are away because you know you'll invite three people. They'll each invite three people, and that was kind of what happened in the movie. So I, I thought, okay, that that's fun, and they're kind of having all the parallels. Um, but I, it just kind of was. I don't know where it went from there. So as a kid, I think I would have just been kind of confused and like, uh, okay. And I'm, I'm rambling, so I'll just tie it up by saying I, I now I there were so many like Jeff said, so many different. Plots that I'm like, oh, let's explore that. No, that didn't happen. Let's explore that. That didn't happen. And then at the very end, I just uh, the more I thought about it, I didn't. The old people messed up. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why they all took off and flew off and abandoned whatever they had left. So I. Yeah. It was funny watching this when I when I told Sharon we were going to be watching this movie and, and talking about it on the podcast. You know, she was a, she was just as excited as I was to watch it because I remember kind of like you, Jeff, watching this over and over and over again as a kid and loving it. I'm like, I don't know why we watch this movie so often, but I remember watching this mm-hmm. movie a lot. Yeah. And Sharon did too, and she's like, oh, I haven't seen that movie in years. And so we put it on, and, and the funny thing is, we're watching it, we're going, oh, I totally remember this. I, I remember this part. I remember, and I, oh, this is a part, she's, she's going to take her skin off, and it's going to freak him out. And he's, and so we remember all these different bits and pieces to it, and it was funny that we get to, it, it's when you get to the part at the end, and it really, and, and I remember as a kid, and and I didn't, I don't know that I asked myself that question too much even now, but as a kid, I didn't question the sci-fi part of it. I didn't question the, how does this happen here. I think that probably the first time I would have watched it was not too long after it came out. So I was probably six, seven years old when I first saw this. I'm not questioning any of that stuff. And I, to me, it was just some you know weird, cool movie where people take their skin off and there are these light up aliens underneath and, and old people are getting young. And But that was some of the stuff that we both commented we never picked up on. Having watched this as kids, I never picked up on the like personal lives of the older people. I just remember, it's like, oh, look at the older people. They're funny. They can break dance now. Never, like, I didn't remember that when they held the whole part about, you know, you, this is just like when you were, just like years ago when you, you know, played around a little bit and that, that whole conversation. I'm like, God, I don't remember that mm-hmm. being as, like, that's kind of heavy. That's serious. And yeah, I don't but, remember that but, being but here at all. And, as a kid, you're not going to think about no. that. Mm-mm. 
you know, and and just like you, same thing. You know, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I didn't pick up on any of that. Right. You're right. Hey, I, I, people I, break dancing. I didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't even know. You know what? You know when you're eight or nine years old watching a movie, you're just not aware enough to start picking up on on the subtleties of story right. and character development, and things like that. So you know, I didn't pick up on it. Then again, I wasn't looking for it either. Right. I'm right. just looking to you know, am I going to be entertained by watching this? Right. For some reason, like you. I was right, but so then we had well, we had the same issue. Was we got to and and it was funny. I think it both hit us at the same time, and we're sitting there. We're going, wait a minute. They're just leaving their families. Like, what is wrong with these people? Yeah, <laughs> and you know, again, as a kid, you're not sitting there. Going, you're, you're sitting there as a kid going, Grandma and Grandpa get to go to outer space. That's awesome. Right. But then watching this as an adult, Sharon and I are like, well, well, no, like. You're somebody's grandparent. You're somebody's parent, and you're going to take you. You've got this kid, and you're out. And I think that scene in particular where he's fishing yeah. with David, and he's explaining the whole thing. So, you know, Grandma and I, we have this opportunity. We're going to go somewhere. You know, we're never. I mean, and it goes to the whole theme of. It sounds like he's talking to the kid about heaven. You know, Grandma and yeah. Grandpa are going to die. We're going to go somewhere where we'll never get sick anymore, and we'll never be sad, and we'll, but all that stuff. But it's another planet. And as they're having that conversation, and I'm watching that scene, I'm sitting there and I'm watching that going, what in the world are you doing? This is your grandson. You're going to choose. And, and I'm looking at that now thinking, you know, before I didn't think a thing about it. But now I'm looking at it going, that's remarkably selfish. Yeah. Like you've got this grandkid that looks up to you, and you're going to miss everything that is great about being a grandparent. You're not going to watch this kid grow up. You're not going to watch this kid, you know, you're not going to be able to be there to help him out with things. And it seems like already, you know, his, there was no dad around. So you already got, you know, your, your daughter is a, a single parent. So well, and what are you, you going to take? One of the things he says to the kid too, is like, you need to find friends your own age. Yeah. Like it's, pretty harsh thing to someone that clearly has trouble assimilating into a peer right. group. Right. Like, so but I don't know. That just struck you need us to find this time. friends your own age because Grandma and I were going we're not, away. We're not gonna be around forever. You're, you're never gonna see us again. Right. And, so scram. And that's a good lesson because we're not gonna be around forever. But you're making a choice not to be around. Right. I mean that's and that and that's the thing. It, and you're right. And it's like, well, you need to go find friends your own age. Yeah, but well, and this is taken in another direction. Mm-hmm. But like you, I think you guys already said it. It's harsh. It's like, well, why? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. You do need to relate to people your own age, and at some point, those things will mesh up. But that doesn't happen for every kid at every age. You know, you don't force something like that in. But it's funny, and, and that's what that's what I, I think that's what surprised us is we were all excited to watch this movie and remember the movie that we watched when we were younger. And I haven't seen this movie in years. Yeah. And we were all excited to watch it, and we enjoyed it. We still liked the movie. But when it got to the end, they were offered the opportunity to go off and potentially live forever. We were surprised at how much that affected our view of the rest of the movie. Like now, as adults watching it, going, "Are you kidding me? What you? <laughs> that's well, that's just selfish. That's not." And, and you know, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's another question I have later. Is oh, I'll just ask it now. Um, well, hold on before I do. Okay, go. Cool. I just want to say, like, maybe it would have been a better movie or better story had it showed them contemplating mm-hmm. that decision spending a little bit more time they, you, like, you really they, only get the you get the they line seem to that come is, to that like right away like wait we can go somewhere and live forever peace out everybody yeah. we're going like and you get the conversation like, in no the car where there's any struggle with coming to grips you get the conversation that. in the car where he says are you having second thoughts and she says yeah it's um ben and yeah, what's Wolf his wife's Grimley name and mrs 
Mrs. Mrs. Luckett. Mrs. Diabetes. <laughs> right. Mrs. Diabetes Supplies. Uh, diabetes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all I get there. Every time I saw him in there now. Um, but they're in the car, and, and she looks kind of worried, and he's like, are you having, what are you thinking about? Are you having second thoughts? And she says, yeah. And he goes, well, you know. I kind of feel like it. Kind of feels like we're cheating, right? Like we're treat, we're cheating nature or something like that. And and then she says, "Yeah." And, and he goes, "Well, you know what? For the way nature's been treating us lately, I feel like she deserves to be treated to, to be cheated a little bit." And I'm like, "Well, the only no. character I think that could make that claim would be uh, Hume Cronin's character because mm-hmm. he was the one that we know he had cancer. He had cancer. Right. He was dying of cancer. Right. We don't know. And I probably would. We, we been don't fine. know if." Mm-hmm anyone else had anything but to make the claim like well nature owes us mm-hmm. why yeah again it's dropping, I could see. it's dropping these things like but no further exploration just the movie just goes on because i was thinking about that like his character is dying of cancer now his character you know complete remission after swimming with these pods and then i'm i'm thinking about the end of the movie and i'm like well they take all 30 of them with them on the boat and then they're going to take all 30 of them but i was thinking the same thing and i'm like well wait a minute wouldn't this be more meaningful if it was the guy dying of cancer? What if his cancer, you know, after they couldn't use the pods anymore, what if it started to come back? Right. And so then the idea was you can either live here for a few more months and die, or you can come with us and live forever. And then maybe, what if they said, you know, for the one guy whose wife died, it was Bernie Lefkowitz and Rosie, I think was her name, and she died, and he's in that scene was heart-wrenching when he tried to take her to the pool mm-hmm. and put her in the water and, and it wouldn't work because she was already dead. Um, oh, the, the life force was taken out. Right, that it, it was already gone. And so my thought is, what if you take the guy that's dying of cancer? What if you take the guy whose wife just recently died? And, and what if they had a way of, you know, if they took her back to their planet or whatever, if they had a way to revive her? So what if it was situations like that where someone is either dead or near death and then you give them that opportunity mm-hmm. and say, come with us. We can, you'll either die here. You know, your life is, is at an end anyway. So you'll either die here or you can come with us. Then I could see the struggle being, you know, maybe their spouses saying, well, do I want to, you know, go with them and live forever on this planet? Do I want to stay here with family? Do I, you know, what do we want to do? And the Bernie guy was so anti this youthfulness thing anyway that yeah. he wasn't going to have anything to do with it. So that would have been interesting to see, you know, if the choice was, stay here and your wife is still dead or go with this whole thing you've opposed the entire movie and you might get your wife back. I mean, that to me would have been interesting, more interesting than just let's load, you know, 30 old folks on a boat and right. you know, for a three hour tour. I've been, I've been going back and forth as to whether or not I want to mention this. And this is what I mentioned to you the other day when we talked about this, the choice of these old people to just up and go is very similar to the choice of suicide. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if we, if we should bring that up because of the tone of that conversation right. compared to this this podcast. So mm-hmm. I don't know if this podcast wants to go, wants to go there. Oh, that's fine. But I feel like looking at it as looking at this movie as an adult and mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, how quickly they made this decision mm-hmm. and they all made this decision for purely selfish selfish reasons. It just it reminded me so much of Suicide. Mm-hmm. That I'm doing this to me. The hell with what's going to happen with the people I'm leaving behind. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. I'm doing what I feel is best for me to do, and that's to leave this earth and never come back. 
And does it change anything because they're older? Because I thought the same thing. I thought this, the, the whole conversation of him talking to David about, you know, we're going away somewhere, it, it, it almost was like, I'm preparing you for the fact that I'm basically going to die, whether that's right. a metaphor or whether it's actual death. I'm going to die. I'm going away. But I'm choosing the date at which I'm going away mm-hmm. or choosing the date at which I'm dying. So does that, does that change whether or not that's a good or bad thing because all of these people are old and they're, they've basically been relegated to a, an old folks See, home know, anyway? Like, or? like is, it the, is it a fear of death that's propelling them to make the choice? Or like, and, and again, that's a theme the movie just doesn't explore at right. all. Is it because it's Ron Howard and it's it's going to be it's got to be a little happier than that? Because I, I feel like some I mean I feel like his movies are yeah. you're not going to have a real heavy well, tone see, to it, and that's fine. And maybe maybe I mean <laughs> at the risk of bringing this up, maybe maybe sensibilities were a little bit different thirty years ago. But I didn't mm-hmm. very happy with this movie. I was like going along, and I'm like they're. They're all leaving. Well, I know, and, 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 and that's and, what was funny is as a kid, I ended this movie thinking, oh, cool, they got to go to another yeah, planet. Yeah. And now as an adult, I'm like, whoa, well, hold yeah, on a minute. Yeah, well, and, 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 I, and like I said, I can't pretend to know that when I saw it as a, as a kid, but I, I never, well, and I'm not going to try and channel my inner, we've already had that part of the discussion, but my thing is, I'm not an old person. And I, it might be easy for me to say, all I can do is observe my parents and other people that I know that are older. And it's like, I've never liked the victim mentality. And as soon as he said that line mm-hmm. of, well, I feel that nature owes us. Yeah. I, I was like, I, I find it hard to kind of go, owes you what? I mean, you're all right. sitting there complaining about... I so wanted to hear I've, more of I've his reasoning. I've known people that were older than me, and they obviously... Talk, but it's sort of like, I remember hearing... For certain people, you know, that were, you know, friends and all that, when they got into their 20s, oh, I'm an old person, I'm in 20s, you know, I'm not young like you are, 12 and 13 anymore. And I'm in my 20s, they're talking about being old when they're in their 30s. So, I mean, that victim mentality of, yeah, you know, that's that's just part of life. And just because things get tough, that means you stop. So what kind of message does that send to the kid? And I mean, I, I and, and like I said, that attitude of, of, Oh well, it owes us, so you know we're we're going on. Yeah, you're going to have to face death. And I'm sorry to be geeky, but and but to quote another sci-fi movie, you know how we face death is just as important as how we face life, right? right. Wasn't that the the mm-hmm. whole Star Trek yeah. uh, quote about dealing with death? And in this case, you know, you mentioned the the um, the suicide thing, and and as they're sneaking out the back door, mm-hmm. they're choosing not to face it. And obviously, this could lead into a discussion of faith and and. You know, belief and all that kind of thing. But as far as just focusing on the movie, I, I was just like, yeah, so they're they're taking the easy way out. They're choosing not to face their problems. And I mean, you know, what do you, what do you want from life? I mean, I there's things that I can't do. You know, I'm in my 30s, and my body doesn't react the same way as it did when I was back in my 20s. What am I? So when do we start that feeling sorry for ourselves? Now, I mean, you know, uh, the cancer thing. I've taught, I've, you know, I've had friends that are my age that suffer horribly from cancer, not old, you know, and that's kind of like they brought up the cancer thing and, mm-hmm. and that's where I'm saying maybe it's dated. I mean, maybe back in the day before cancer, be, cancer became as, well, what, which I can't track, but maybe as rampant as it is with younger people as it is today, maybe we thought of it as like an older person's disease. Oh, if you get, you know, you get older, you might, I, I don't know, I can't. Mm-hmm. Or, or treatment was different. Treatment or, was know. different or whatever, but it's like, well, 
it's going to be more fatal than so, it is so, now. Or... So like I said, when do we start feeling sorry for ourselves? And I had a... a and does the age part matter? Well... You know, because the, the point of view... I mean, we're all in our 30s, so the point of view is, you know, we're, we're fairly young. And right. to, that's, that's looking at as, you know, we're, as you've said, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but as you've said, it's kind of taking the easy way out. But if they're older and they're end, at their at the end of their life, I'm using quote fingers. But are at they? the end of their life, well, are I mean that's, yeah, are they at the end of their life? I mean, does this is this more acceptable because they're older, or is it just a, well, no, because potentially you could live another, I don't know. Let's say they're in their sixties and their seventies. Here, you could live another twenty years. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, does, I, does it make a difference because they're older? To to me. If it's if there was some part of the story where the wife who died could be brought back to life by leaving, or if it's the guy who knows he's going to die of cancer shortly, and this is an opportunity, like if he's going to be gone anyway, and this is an opportunity for him to not be gone and then go explore the stars, that may be a little different. But if it's an issue of, you know, you're just old and you're doing this because you feel nature has cheated you in these last few years, I mean... I don't know how nature's cheated you. That's the course of nature for things to get old. And well, yeah, and again, if, if the if the writers had taken any time, to... any of our older listeners can email <laughs> right. in with. <laughs> uh, but if like I feel like if the writers had taken any time to explore further the characters' decisions, mm-hmm. maybe it would make for a more compelling, interesting movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, it. All the things that we brought up, like we're we're not movie writers. Mm-hmm. So we, we might know a little bit more about movies than an average moviegoer because we just happen to care more. But if we can pick up on all these things that seem to be big plot points missing from this story, was it a conscious decision for the writers to not go there at all? So would... Do th- I mean, yeah. I don't know. We don't know. Right. But you know, like it, it, you got to think, like, so many huge plot holes here... Someone at some point had to either say, "What about all these things we're not addressing?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or did someone read the script? And go, "Oh, this is perfect. Let's make this movie." In which case, it's a summer. What are they it's trying a summer to sci-fi say? movie that grandma and grandpa can take their kid, their grandkids right. to. What, what are they trying to say about right. anything in this movie? The way it stands. Mm-hmm. So they've talked a couple of different times over the years. They've talked about either making a sequel or a remake to this, and it kind of sounds like is that the direction that. If there was going to be a sequel or a remake, if there was going to be a Cocoon 3, or there was going to be a you know, remake of Cocoon, would you want it to address those topics? Would, it, would you want it to be like it is, where it's kind of a popcorn sci-fi movie, you know, grandma and grandpa can go see it with the grandkids, everybody can go see this movie, or would you want it to explore, would you want it to be more of a serious movie with a serious tone that explores these things we've been talking about. My kids' grandparents won't go see it with them. I mean, I, got, I, mean, I, I hate to just throw it down. I could, I, could, I could quote my mother right now. If she saw something like this, she'd be like, I'll be honest, I don't like that grandma and grandpa bugged out. That's, that, would be, that would be her thing. And, and she would fly, and my dad, I mean, they would just be like, I, and I don't, they would not like the portrayal of the quote-unquote elderly people. Mm-hmm. You know, that, oh, we're all in the home and they all you know, and you know, in the whole thing of sending mom and dad out to the home, I mean, it was like none of them were, none of them needed, like none of them that I saw were really an assisted 
Well, and it wasn't really an assisted living. It was just like an elderly... Yeah, like a retirement community. Community. Right. I mean, there were still right. the people... You know, there were nurses and doctors, but... There were not... Yeah. yeah. But they, they, I just... I, I can only speak for my family, but they just... I think they'd pick it right up on that message. I don't think they... Mm-hmm. Well, it would have to change. If they were to remake this movie and make it more in line with what we've been talking about, it wouldn't be the same movie. Mm-hmm. Right. It just wouldn't. That being said, I don't know if it'd be worth remaking it the way it stands. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the reviews, uh, the word that keeps getting used over and over and over again is heartwarming. Like, tugs at the heartstrings and heartwarming. And it and pisses me off. It's, Doesn't it tug at my heartstrings, <laughs> man. I'm sorry. No, I, 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 don't know what, I don't know what about it would be considered heartwarming once you actually watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, it, oh, yeah. So you, what's, you, have, you, you have a movie featuring mm-hmm. the livelihood. Is it heartwarming because it's the livelihood of mostly of older actors? people. <laughs> Yeah. That's I think that's what would make it heartwarming. It's mm-hmm. featuring the livelihood of elderly people. Okay. But what are we saying about the livelihood of elderly people? Mm-hmm. That they're all quitters? That, you know, they're they're not wanting to face the reality and they're willing to walk away from their families. Right. I wish pro- Dennis was here. Then we could get the elderly, <laughs> the elderly. What was their purported age in this too? Because well, that's and that's know, what was I funny. Wanted, I wanted to throw this out there. They were supposed to be. They were supposed to be well, ranging between sixties to eighties, because Wilford Brimley was fifty when he made this movie and actually had to dye his hair uh, lighter, okay, so like grayer, played, oh, so that okay, he would look okay. older. Yeah, okay. he wasn't. He was only fifty years old because he looks younger. So in, to, like I think. Okay, what came out later? Wasn't he one of the bad guys in The Firm or something like that? Uh, the Firm was after this. Okay, like yeah. I remember later movies where he looked more mm-hmm. yeah. like he'd been in the pool. But. Yeah. So it was supposed to range from 60s to 80s? Yeah. See, and here's, I'm going to throw this out. I mean, th- is the way we look at elderly people in today's day and age different than 30 years ago? And I'll, I'm just going to throw a couple of examples. I mean, one of the things that, you know, you hear about is... Um, hot button issue, but they talk about you know raising the retirement age, mm-hmm. uh, you know social security and and, and um, well, I feel like you're not even talking about if somebody's going to a retirement home or something like that. I feel like you probably don't even really talk about that until they're maybe close to their seventies. Well, yeah, but at I mean, the same at time, the, look at look at the current retirement home concept. Right. It's right. An, like Del Webb. It's an entire right. community. Right. right. It's not a building or a it's couple a, it's of a buildings subdivision. here. Like it is. <laughs> it's a, its own subdivision. It, yeah. It, it, it's its own. And what I was saying. Networking. The of, and I, and I, I have with, I have some family that have moved into a I guess you call it a retirement community type place, um, and, and they're not anywhere near. No. What I would yeah. think of as absolutely. And, and what I was saying with the social security, the idea is is that we got to raise the retirement age because people are living longer. It used to right. be you'd be on social security for a short amount of time. Now you're living longer. I've talked to some folks um, that had like knee replacement surgery, and I've heard that you know the new knee that you get is okay. Well, you can do this and this, but don't plan on running, don't plan on you know, and all. That. Now there's people that are saying, well, you got to update the technology because when I want my knee replaced, I want to go back out and go running. I want to go back and go route. I I, right. I don't want to just be hobbling around. I want to be able to, you know, to do. I want, and yeah. I wonder if 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 that. Maybe that mindset is is changed a little bit to where we look at you know elderly people and and it's like what elderly people that's either a state of mind or so let's say this movie is somehow a metaphor for something growing older facing the end of your life or facing that that point where you 
fall into that, that age bracket, what does cocoon even reference? Like, what would that be a metaphor for? Because I'm trying to think, like, what, you know, if this movie is supposed to be a metaphor about something, about the aging process or looking at the aging process, to call it cocoon, what's the emphasis on that? Why call it cocoon? What is that cocoon? What, what is the cocoon metaphorically? I can't, looking at this movie, I can't figure out exactly what is it the, the cocoon would be. Is it that the elderly that are here on Earth, while they're here on Earth, this is their cocoon, and as they leave to go off to... They become the butterflies planet, they and fly away. butterflies and fly away. And it's I, as good a guess as I got. Yeah. I, like, I, really, I, really, I can't think of what, like, why call this movie Cocoon? That's, that's what started in my head. Why call this movie Cocoon? Well, it seems to be metaphorical, mm-hmm. but what's it, what's it a metaphor of? Or what's it a metaphor for? Yeah. Yeah. What's the comparison? For the metamorphosis of being Aging. old human and so, becoming so, maybe so something else. And the, so the decision to go up to space is the decision to become a butterfly and fly freely? Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'm really yeah. struggling with this, and like, and like Pat said, kind of pisses me off that <laughs> this movie offers really nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why I was so fascinated by this movie when glowy, I was a kid. Glowy people. Glowy people. It's the glowy people. So it's the it's the glowworm. Mm-hmm. They're the glowworm. They are in the, the cocoon. They're the adult glowworm. So is the skin we wear <laughs> our cocoons, and we need to shed our skin yes. to become the people that we want to be? The alien beings inside all of us need to come out. Yes. And then we can learn to love our brothers, just like if we crash-landed on a planet and we're stuck there together and one of us had a baby. Enemy mine. That was last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just trying to think, who wants to have the baby? <clears throat> now, I, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, and see, here's the li- – and this is what I would have thought as a kid. I, and I can I, – I, this I can channel is cocoon. Okay, the cocoons are in the water. That's why they're calling it cocoon. Okay, why are the cocoons in the water? Why does the ocean help the cocoons? Why are there people in the cocoons? What are the, like, I, it just – you know, we've talked about all the social issues. I'm just going to go straight up sci-fi. I, you know, what, uh, what, are, we, what are we talking about? Well, and, and that, the whole sci-fi aspect isn't really explained either. We know that they were on this planet. Dennehy and his crew left them behind mm-hmm. but promised that they were going to come back for them. And now they've got 27 days to they reclaim were, they all were in of them. Atlantis. <laughs> they were part of the city of Atlantis um, and it sank. And... Yeah. Bring Guten, Gutenberg aboard to steer them in the right direction, so to speak, to claim their long-lost... Metaphorically and nautically. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, all of his story didn't make sense. You know, here's... And, and I said this to Pat the other day as well. Here's a guy that is flat broke, and he comes across this group of alien beings. And another character even says, call the National Enquirer. They pay for stuff like this. You mean to tell me that someone that has zero money wouldn't be jumping at that chance to be like, I don't know you, but I'm going to call this guy because, hey, I need to look out for myself. They're afraid he's going to eat, they're going to eat his face. But uh, 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 sit down with Brian, well, sit down. Brian Dennehy might eat somebody's face. Yeah. So sit down with Dennehy may actually put you on the straight and narrow. But again, like his, Gutenberg's relationship with these, with these creatures isn't really explored. Right. He has cosmic sex with the, one, with the girl in the pool. Nothing ever comes of that. Which is totally different from the bowling. What? Cosmic bowling. Oh, yes. 
Oh, either totally way, different. Either way, there's strikes involved. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, strobe, but you know, like again, strobe lights. And but back. like nothing ever, nothing ever comes of that. Like all mm-hmm. of a sudden, he's okay, saying like, "All right, see ya. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. May the force be with you." <laughs> um, I kind of want to watch the sequel though. Just to see if any of this gets brought up. I know, and I've, I know I've, and I've seen, seen the sequel, but I can't remember anything about. I remember it. zero. I know everybody sequel. comes back, but except for Brian Dennehy, he comes back for like I think five seconds. They all come back. All the characters come back. Everybody but Brian. De- I mean, he he shows up and he's just like, "Hey, how's it going?" And then like disappears. And the characters he, all come back to Earth. But everybody comes back. Yeah. 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 All right. So we, we've we've kind of well, we, we've answered my one question about would you make the same choice that these people did and apparently it's a emphatic no um, <laughs> not on this side of the table no. um, so one of my other questions is which, which made me love Bernie actually yeah I actually sided I with him I love Bernie and the fact he was like we are not supposed to mess with this right. I want nothing to do with it and he grabbed his wife come on Rose we're mm-hmm. going We're yeah. yeah it sucks what we're going through mm-hmm. Or this is not for us to play with. Which is funny because then I got the vibe that in 1985 you were supposed to look at that and be like, oh my God, what an abusive husband. He's like dragging his wife away from this opportunity. Yeah. He's stifling her. He's like, we can and I'm, fix her. We can and I'm help sitting her. There going, we had our chance, though. Right. And I'm this sitting there going, where we are. I, I see that. And I see how you could look at that and go, wow, he's, like, he's not letting her be a part of this. But then I'm also looking at him going, I, I kind of agree with the guy. It yeah. cost the lives like, of those aliens. Right. And so... I mean, there's that, another right. plot thread. That he, he ended up, by the end of the movie, he ended up being right. Yeah. I yeah. Felt, you know. um, okay, so the 30 people on the boat, they all went up to space, and they all disappeared. And Well, they came back for the sequel, but, you know, they went up to space and disappeared. Um, apparently, so did Steve Gutenberg. So what happened to him after 1990? Because um, he was in a ton of... I mean, his the 80s were his, and then he basically disappeared. I did look up and see that he has done a lot of stuff for, like, stage... He's been on Broadway. He's been on London's West End. He's been doing. Yeah. He's been producing and directing. But I mean, he was kind of a hot ticket item in the '80s, and then I feel like Three Men and a Little Lady hit, and that was maybe one of his last big things. Because he was Police Academy. He yeah, was Short Circuit. I don't know, like, he was maybe, Cocoon. I want to say it was his because he was a. And now he's almost a joke. He was a comedic actor. Like on some of the shows, you know, when they talk like. Um, what am I thinking? Like maybe like Family Guy, or I don't know. I just feel like sometimes Steve Gutenberg is, is brought up joke. as a joke, and I'm thinking, well, why? Because well, I, you know, I all of his movies. Would you consider liked, him to be a comedic actor? I in would the, in the '80s. Yeah. Comedic actor. Did his style of comedic acting disappear? Yeah. So with that, the so, was, the, so is he the, like the you know, role? We've, we've talked about Chevy Chase. We've talked about Eddie Murphy. We talk, so the role that would have been right for Gutenberg no longer really exists. Yeah, because of the medium of comedy. Mm-hmm. And he started taking his talents elsewhere. Yeah, hey, good on him. I mean, you know, yeah. don't let. I mean, do do we have the host of movies that are like, uh, this is you know, like some of those other guys you mentioned? It's like. Boy, those early movies were really good. Now we get into these, and uh, hey, the stuff he's been in from since like 1990 on, I mean, is not. I don't, I don't know, know that I've it. seen any yeah. of them. Yeah. So is he smarter then for packing up and Maybe. doing something else than the likes of Eddie Murphy or Chevy who, Chase who or keeps trying and or it's any, not these, working. any of these <laughs> these comedians from the '80s that are still trying to be a thing mm-hmm. and just not not getting it? Yeah. Maybe more power to Gutenberg. Let mm-hmm. him be the butt of jokes, but he's made the the better choice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I he's still living, so he's still you know he's doing something for yeah you know so yeah. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion of Cocoon. Um, again, if you are an elderly listener and you would like to join in on the discussion, you can tweet us and tell us that we're totally wrong. Or John, you can- these are elderly listeners. Sorry. You can tweet us <laughs> and call in. His name's Jeff Mazuka. You can reach him at <laughs> uh, <laughs> gmail.com. That's fine. <laughs> he has no soul. Um, so <laughs> Got stolen by a cocoon. Yeah, it's, it's trapped in there. Oh, it's, it's up in space. All right. Well, it'll be on behalf of Pat, Jeff, Dennis. Dennis? Dennis? Dennis. Well, Dennis is playing the silent game here. Uh, he took a vow of silence this time, so hopefully he'll be back with us next time. Do you think there was any part of Cocoon that was also, like, trying to be close encounters? Could be. Well, and there were certain parts that I, I thought I got of, that vibe, especially towards the end with the ship and everything, mm-hmm. but I got, like, And I got a little bit of, like, I got a little bit of... Close encounters. I got a little bit of an E.T. vibe. A little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I like, just, the desire to go home and well, the... I didn't realize this movie made me as angry as it did. Well, I know. <laughs> I was watching as it got closer to the end, I'm like, what are you doing? This isn't right. Like, if I was that age, I'm, I'm thinking, I like about this movie if I was kid. that age, if I was elderly, I hope that I would go, you guys are wrong. You don't mess with this. You're wrong. No. Mm-hmm. Not going. And you're stupid for going, too. Yeah, I, I appreciated his character. Mm-hmm. And I probably didn't as a kid. I'm probably mm-hmm. like, oh, he's stupid. He's not doing it. Right. But as an adult watching this, I appreciated I totally his character. Um and I appreciated the fact that he was willing to live with the uh, the result of his wife. Hey, you're right on time. <laughs> the, the result of his wife dying. Um, I thought that was. I mean, it's such a heartbreaking moment. I'll go get your medicine. And he comes back and mm-hmm. and she's passed away. And just like, ugh. And that he does drink the juice a little bit and runs her to the pool and tries mm-hmm. to bring her back. And it's too late for that. Um, I don't know. I just I think out of all the characters, I just I appreciated his character the most because yeah. he was the most grounded, the most the one that realized that we don't get to make this choice. It's not up to us. Right. It shouldn't be up to us. Hey Dennis, what do you think of Cocoon? Oh, I thought you were talking about Ran. Um, <laughs> no, we, we were about to. Let me just get the recap was... because before I say what I, I wanted to hear, you were you Pat and I were running the halls like you know couple times and I think you guys said you had discussion at the end what's your your take of the ending I'm just curious what was the I want to hear it well here goes another half hour (laughs) my quote was it pissed me off but what about like what's the reason the old people made the wrong call what what should they what they you should stay you don't you don't run away when times get tough you don't try and duck out the back door and life doesn't owe you anything that's kind of that kind of sums it up. When the old guy, and I'm sorry, I know it's just laundry list, but we just talked about it, so I didn't mean to be like. Oh no no no! But uh, and then you we're acted, getting did progressively you the angry. I did. I liken I liken mm-hmm. it to suicide. Their choice to just give up and go and leave everyone else behind. And go, but they're but, going to live, aren't they? We don't know. But they're leaving their family. They're, they're leaving their choice to leave their they're family behind. Their family behind. And their family can deal with all that on their own. I was like, that's it's it's very much like choosing to kill yourself. I don't care about the family I'm leaving Is that what behind. you felt, too? Yeah, Same absolutely. Thing? Okay. No, so as the elder member of the group... <laughs> yeah, we were, we were waiting... <laughs> we, 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 we were waiting to you, use that joke. We were waiting until you got here so we could get the elderly perspective. <laughs> where, where is this ship? Uh, <laughs> no, um, no. I was. I, it was interesting because when you mentioned... Sorry, that, Dennis. We were waiting for you to get here. 
I was, I was unavoidably <laughs> detained. What movie? What's that? Say I, was, I was unavoidably detained. Caddyshack? Yeah! Oh, this you. is a good guess on anything, isn't it? <laughs> Any quote that you throw out pretty much gets Caddyshack and get a 50-50 shot. <clears throat> it was when he was like, where are you? I was <laughs> the guy, the, the head groundskeeper wanted him for the, to, get, to kill the dog. Oh, yeah. 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 Was so anyway, please. Um, no, I'm just, I just thought it was interesting because when I saw him in the hall, I didn't have a, such a Visceral, <laughs> yeah, like the emotional, like oh, like like he's pissed, like he's mm-hmm. mad, and I was just thinking, okay, that is kind of just. So I said, I didn't want to hear it now. I want you know, wanted to wait till I didn't get here, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it was just this whole, you know, it was it was interesting because then I started thinking about it, and I and I, I see your point of view, I see it from I didn't see it from exactly that point of view. I felt I don't know, and I and I agree, like they're leaving them behind but they were in the twilight of their lives and I don't and I and I see that so I'm kind of agreeing with you now I just it was well, just so an interesting take because well, I, I, didn't see, I didn't have such an emotional anger towards what they did so what was I felt your, like here was, was your this interesting response? adventurous possibility to keep on you know and see what's out there and not give up on life I didn't feel it was like suicide I feel like now but when I see it from the other point of view of the people you're leaving behind right now there's where I see that connection. Where at the other time I was focusing more on like they're taking a chance, they're taking a risk. I mean, there's there's the uh, the Twilight Zone episode uh, of the movie. You now you've seen the movie version. Mm-hmm. They did the one called Kick the Can. Everybody familiar? Are you familiar with it or not? Yeah, yeah. And in that one, at the end, all of them choose to go back to being old people. Well, I don't want to go through this again. And I don't, you know, and they, you know, they, they and there was a lot of positive reasons why they wanted to stay old. Because if you remember, they go out, they kick the can, they become little kids again. And they're doing all these fun things, running around like little kids. One guy's doing Errol Flynn. Next thing you know, it's like time to go. They hop back in bed. And it was like the, the, the guy said, you can go back to little children. You can wake up the way you were, you know, in your, young, in your old bodies, but with fresh young minds. They're like fresh young minds. And, and they all wake up. One guy doesn't. The guy who was Errol Flynn, the guy, you know, the guy who was the swashbuckler. And he takes off and he's like, this world out there. And he was just so excited. So, so that would apply to him. So the same thing, he going, him going and choosing to be the young kid still and do it all again and live life with vigor and this chance of like, oh, I get to just do it again. I'd have to look at that now differently because I used to be like, good, like look at that kid. And the other guy's at the window going, take me with you. Maybe take he was with the you. explorer. Take See, me maybe you. that he was, was it too. And that's that it. I saw it more as like the exploring all, part of it. But all 30 of them are explorers? I, well, that's where I got it. Well, now you got my, in my head. You're yeah. in the explorer thing. Because that's what I'm saying. That's, that's right. why when you had like, that, And I almost threw that out there. I'm like, you know, maybe I'm gonna have if they to watch were explorers. Maybe, yeah. maybe <laughs> if they were all Sorry. explorers and it was like, hey, here's our chance to go to the stars. Okay, but all well, 30 that, of them? Well, we said... But well, see, that's my thing. Like, like honestly, I, I, I put it... No, lie to us. I'm putting in the perspective of if that was offered to you right now. Like I know your 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 butt would be on that ship. No, I I don't agree. I I don't agree. I disagree as much as you want. I'm not going on that ship. (laughs) I mean, Luke could be out there. I don't care. (laughs) That's weird. All right, I I would have thought that he'd be the adventurous type to see what's out there to to see what I mean just. See what's in the cornfield world, and yeah, you know, I I would love to, but not at the expense of abandoning my family. Would you talk if to I them? Knew, if I knew, I mean, that, maybe not abandoning them without letting it, them know. But if I, I knew think, it was a year or two. As long as you do it better than Mr. Diabetes did. Well, yeah. 
You need to find friends your own age. Your grandma and I are going away. We're out of here. Peace. Well, see, and that's the thing. I mean, I, I think that that would be a discussion you would have. What, what you missed out on is all of us pretty much saying that this movie offers really no explanation for anything. A lot of disjointed subplots that seem to happen throughout the movie that leaves so many questions, questions for all of us yeah. that the movie just doesn't even explore. And that we totally disagreed with their decision to do that, except maybe in the case of the one who had cancer, mm-hmm. and if there was a way for Rosie, the one who died, if there was a way to bring her back to life by going. But that the other 28 people, or 30, 29 people, whatever, they didn't really have a reason for going other than just being old and wanting to get on this boat and go to space, that those two, to revive Rosie or to you know, let the guy who had cancer live on, those two would have the only maybe valid reason for, for going on this trip. Otherwise, everybody else is just ditching their family and running not off to space. Not even showing any sense of remorse. Well, or, that's or, the problem, or, or maybe how it's portrayed. I, mean, I guess I'm looking at the idea of the decision. it. It was offered to them, and they immediately are like, sign right. us up, give okay. us tickets, we're going. They had that, that. We talked about how they had that little scene in the car where it's like, do you have second thoughts? Yeah. Well, you know, nature's been kicking us in the teeth, so maybe we can cheat her for a while. And yeah, we, it's we, Pat. <laughs> Pat's, Pat's getting angry again. He was big and green before you got here. It's your, it's your turn to hug him and calm him down. Okay. I, I, well, and see, and it's funny because Soft I had uh, the person that used to talk kid. about the whole. He used to say, you know, self pity was, you know, it was this was a master teacher who was actually my trumpet professor in college, who was like our mentor when we were there. This was his teacher who was there, you know. So you're kind of, you know, we were studying from him. He was. I want to say when we were there for lessons, 80, 85 years old, and he and he, you know, you'd get a trumpet lesson, but it was a whole like philosophy and all that. And he was the one who talked about you know self pity and being you know one of the great sins and you know don't feel sorry for yourself and and that's and hey when I took the lesson I was twenty years old so I'm not going to say but the guy he was eighty five you know and I, I just. Well, and I agree with all those ideas, and I guess maybe I've got to look at like when I look because I'm going to look at the ending again just from a different perspective now, because I think you you sometimes put in your head like it's this adventure, it's this like like okay, Close Encounters, and it's a kid that's Close what I Encounters. How many people, people got on that right. ship? Right. Richard Dreyfus gets on. Right. You know, people get on that ship. They they take them with them, and they go. Are they doing the same thing? So no. Apply the same thing because it's a better movie. Thing? <laughs> you know, because there's there's another thing. That's my and argument see, there. And I think that's what I was taking mentally into it was that whole idea of like trusting enough to go out with these this the alien species and explore their world. That's the mindset that I think I had. And I think that mindset works. And great maybe for it wasn't encounters. written as well in there a way that because there should have been a dialogue. It, it I guess there should have been more of a heartbreaking right. leave. You know, and like it a, certainly and wasn't. There wasn't, and I and I guess through that, and that so much part. sort of the point. So that, maybe I filled that in in my head, like, and you know, I brought this up earlier that Wilfred Brimley is so okay with this decision that he's willing to let his grandson float in the ocean as a distraction, so he and and the other old geriatrics can get away. And it's just like how you know to be that selfish to sit there and watch your grandchild in the water, hopefully going to be rescued. See better writing in that case, and I agree with that point. Like and, that, and, and better writing would have been that Wilfred Brimley stays because his son was chasing him down. This this could like, have, like get, you know like he should, he should have been. It would have been better if he got off. 
And this, like, this would have been said, "Hey guys, go on." And we talk about it, how, and that would have been nice. This too. movie has just—it's a severe lack of writing mm-hmm. that hurts this movie. So I the, think that's the, that's what happened. I must have been writing scenes in my head that made it feel better. <laughs> the, the, the performances were fantastic, yeah. but the story itself was so disjointed that nothing is ever really followed through on. They're dropping all these ideas and situations, and then they just sort of leave them there and go on to the next thing. Now, when did you see this? Week ago, first time ever. Yeah, I used to, I, I used to watch this as a kid. How old were you when you first saw it? Nine. Did you have the ten. same reaction back then, or no? No, I I, I, See, watched, I think that's I also where it, I stuck because I, I watched saw it, it when it was multiple first, times, and then when I watched times, it for this 13, podcast, I said, whatever. "What was I so enthralled if I by as a kid?" Now, I might have felt differently. It, it, it is an interesting thing that whether uh, it's we been go a long time all these I'd different movies it. that we've seen. It's very interesting to see the people who have seen it for the first time versus the people who have seen it back then. It's just, like as a kid, I think 13, I'm thinking, like, I'm not thinking old people are leaving their family behind. I'm thinking, oh, sure. oh my God, old people are like going on exploring. Space. Yeah. You know, and that's that sticks with you to a it's, certain degree. It's been so long But even when I saw it, it probably that. again recently that it was still, see, I wanted to draw that Watching conclusion. it for this podcast was almost, for me, like watching it for the first time. It's been that long since I had seen it. And my takeaway was much different. I kept thinking, like, what was... What was so great that I kept watching this as so a kid? you're getting old. I am getting old, <laughs> but I'm not getting on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Nature doesn't owe me anything. I'm playing the cards I'm dealt. Just like me and Bernie. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And- th- th- thanks for being here, Dennis. <laughs> so glad you made it on time. So when I get on this ship. <laughs> Dennis is getting on the ship. <laughs> People. See ya. You got to walk train, out of my way. <laughs> Moving train slow. ship train isn't really ship. Yeah. <laughs> California, Antares, doesn't matter. It's the same. Probably strange people there and strange people there in California. So sorry, Californians, we were listening to this, all two of you. There's three of them. There's three of them. Yeah. Yeah. California. You've insulted the Californians. I insulted the elderly. Yeah, that's by, the geriatric. By, well, by shouting into the mic. That's all right. So well, Wilford Brimley is the guy, the oatmeal guy. I mean, like, wasn't it oatmeal? Yeah. And, di- and diabetes. Diabetes. But the Quaker Oats, whatever. Di- See, he was, you choose to remember from negative, and I choose positive oatmeal. I'm over Brimley, and I have diabetes. It's, it's diabetes. Betus. If you have. <laughs> I, I'd rather not. <laughs> Who are you with? <laughs> Well, for Brimley, was I want to remember the him as the. Uh, I want to remember him as the guy in the firm that they were kind of the muscle. The, the, oh yeah, the, yeah. The, kind of yeah. I remember more from the thing. And I can't wait, can to, I hear, in, I can't wait to hear this because I want to hear the whole Steve. Can King I come in, guys? <laughs> Where he went? Because I'm looking. But that's going to do it for Cocoon. You can call us at 872-35-MOVIE. That's 872-356-6843. You can tweet us at 30 podcast um, there you go sorry right, that was, got tweeted that, ooh, hey <laughs> you gotta be careful with that thanks Pat um, <laughs> hey you can visit our website easy now uh, and patron page at the30podcast.podbean.com you can hit us on the face facebook.com slash 30 podcast we are also on iTunes you can leave us a five star review there if it's anything less than a five star review what's wrong with you we are also on Stitcher Radio and the Satchel Podcast app, which is currently an Android only, but iOS devices are coming very, very soon. So again, thank you for joining us, and until next time. Well, I hope you're not going to take your skin off, because I really like skin on a wall.